לקוטי סיכס חלק א', פרשת סיכס ופרשת צו, on page 217. In this סיכה, the Rebbe will learn a lesson from the פרשה, from the special instruction with regards to the מזבח, that there should be a constant fire on the מזבח, and the Rebbe will learn from this a lesson in, with regards to the spiritual מזבח, which we all have in our own hearts, uh, how that constant fire must always be there. On the verse that the constant fire should be on the Mizbeach, kindled on the Mizbeach, it shall not be extinguished. The Yerushalmi states in the Jerusalem Talmud, it states that when it says Tomid always, meaning Afilu Bishabbos, even on Shabbos, a Tomid constantly means even while you are Tomid. So what the verse is saying here is that that fire that was on the Mizbeach, that stood in the Chatzar El Moyed, in the courtyard of Doyel Moyed, in front of the tent of meeting by the entrance, the fire on that Mizbeach needs to be constant, it needs to be always there. So no matter, even on Shabbos, in which you know, fire is prohibited ordinarily at one's home to, or anywhere to make fire on Shabbos, uh, yet in the Mizbeach, Tommy, there has to be fire all the time, even on Shabbos. On the other hand, also, Tommy, also, that we know that when a uh, Koyen is Tommy, uh, cannot... Uh, serve on the Mizbeach, uh, on the Beis HaMikdosh, yet even if it's Betuma, even if it's Tomei, even if there is Tuma still, the Mitzvah is that Tomei, that there has to always be a fire on the, on the Mizbeach. So now we have to take this uh, law, this ruling, and we have to apply it to the Mizbeach on the spiritual level. As we spoken already many times, so all matters and those services that took place in the uh, sanctuary and in the mikdash uh, and the temple, the physical temple, in the mishkan they also exist in the spiritual. Mishkan and Mikdosh was Gifinzich and Yad Niden that finds itself by every Jew. So that means that this lesson of that there should be always a fire in the Mizbeach, we have to apply it to the fire that needs to be in our hearts. And we say that it has to be all the time on Shabbos and Betum. What is the counterpart? What is the parallel in the human heart, in the human being? What's the parallel to the Mizbeach? So he says, Mizbeach is the heart's mention. Mizbeach, that's the heart of the human being. There are other vessels in the uh, Mishkan and the Beis Amigdosh, but the, this particular vessel of the Mizbeach, the uh, counterpart in the human being, that's his heart. But inside of the temple, we know there were two Mizbeachs. There was a Mizbeach that stood in the courtyard, 
that was the Mizbech Oila, and then there was the Mizbeach of Ketoris, which stood inside of the Oil Moyed. Now, uh, this command that there should be a constant fire and it should not be extinguished, that only speaks of the Mizbeach that's on the outside, uh, but not with regards to the Mizbeach HaKetoris, that the Mizbeach in which they burned the incense, which was inside. So the parallel by the human being, there is also, there is two levels of, in the human heart, there is the external level that represented by the, that represents the Mizbeach HaChitzin, the outer Mizbeach, and then there is the inner Mizbeach. So, also in one's heart there is, exists the external of the heart and the inner of the heart so the Mizbeach the altar on which the command is that there must be a constant fire kindled on the Mizbeach that is the external Mizbeach so that means Ubiruchnius, what does it mean spiritually? What does it mean? Meaning that externally one must always be excited, must always have a flame. As Darvzain Ahislahavus Begili, there must be an excitement, a fervor, openly, in a revealed way, in Chitsonius Halev, in the outer of the heart. The hearts of Brennan Zelakus, that one's heart should be burning to godliness. So the, the message is, is that we're not even discussing the inner part of the heart over here for here, but what we're saying is that we want to make sure that even externally, on the outside, you are totally inflamed and you are totally in, uh, in excitement with regards to godliness. And now we're going to explain how that excitement needs to take place, Tamid, also on Shabbos, and also when you're Tami. Shabbos, of course, represents a very high level. A person who's on the level of Shabbos is a person of a high spiritual standard. And maybe a person who is in the inner uh, being such a high level like the Shabbos, Maybe he doesn't need that external excitement. The Torah says, No, you, even the Shabbos Yid needs that flame on the external of his heart. And then there is the message from the other side, the other extreme. Afilu betuma, a person who is defiled, which means he is in a very, very low level, may think that they cannot have or how can they be expected to have that fervor and that excitement? So we're saying Afilu Betuma. Let's read inside. Shabbos is the Inyan Hashvisa. What is Shabbos? Shabbos is the idea of resting. Resting means that you do not get involved with the weekly uh, matters of the world. Abgitrogum from Welt. One is separated, removed from the world. And because of Shabbos, one is removed from the world. This is the reason that then uh, it is prohibited weekly work because a person is not connected to the weekly and to the work and to the physical and to the uh, usual. But the person is removed from the world. He's separated, so he can't do work. 
what does this mean? Spiritually, Shabbos, a person is Shabbos. In Avodah for Nefesh Adam, in as from the perspective in the service in the human soul, Mentos Hasoge. It means understanding. It means on Shabbos, one is not connected to the physical world, into the Maisa, into action, but rather he is connected with his intellect, with the grasping and delight and enjoyment of the spiritual. Mentos Hasoge, Vekoroso Shabbos Oinik. That Shabbos you call the light. So because on Shabbos a person is involved, because of the revelation of the light, that he understands. He is removed from all matters of the world. He is now on a different uh, sphere. He is on a spiritual, on an intellectual level of understanding spirituality and godliness. So a person who is Shabbos means, when we're saying Shabbos, that means we're talking about a person who is on a spiritual, intellectual high level that he is involved in spiritual matters. So can the and he may think, as since he is preoccupied in understanding, He's beyond the level of emotional uh, excitement. Uh, so he doesn't need that fire. Why does he need the external expression of a fire, of a hislavas, of a fervor? He's an intellectual person, so he could be, stay cold and collective and delight in Hashem. Why need this? The Pasik says, no. Don't extinguish the fire, even on Shabbos, meaning even on the level of Shabbos, you must have that for. And then we have on the other extreme, in Tzvetin Ketzei, on the other extreme. There was Vai, one who stands far away. He thinks that he has, God forbid, no connection. So how could he be have that fervor? How could he have that fire? Zoknanim, so to him we say, don't extinguish it even from the level of tumor. Cook nit matzif. Do not look on your standing. And don't extinguish. You must see to it, don't let that flame be extinguished. You must constantly be uh, blowing them to increase, to uh, get it to uh, stay. That actually key, that godly fire that you have was gifitzer, my dear. You must constantly be increasing that fire, blowing in that fire. Don't let that fire extinguish. Keep on Keep on working on that fire that it stays open. And then, when you keep on working on keeping that fervor, keeping that flame, keeping that connection, so does that bring, and so then this brings them the interpretation, the meaning of 
according to the interpretation of the Magad of Mizrich. He says, he touches the word not but don't extinguish, but the that the things are loy means the negativity you should extinguish as the loy meaning the no, the Allah need good in Yonim, all bad things will be extinguished so you do your best to not allow it your heart to extinguish and then Hashem will help you that that loy the negativity will be extinguished this is from a Sichan of Purim Tavshin Yudzai. Lekute Sichas Chelik Aleph, the second Sichin Parshas Sav on page two seventeen. Ois Ches. In the previous uh, Ois and Ois of Zion, uh, the Alter Rebbe quoted a statement of the Magid of Mizrich, who interpreted the words in the Pasik, Eshtomit Tukadala Mizbeach, you should keep a constant fire kindled on the Mizbeach, and he said, Lois Sirba, Lois Sirba Mindish shall not be extinguished. And he interpreted the Magid that the Loi would be Sirba, Loi representing negativity, that the Lois Sirba will be extinguished. If you have that fire, then that would be that that fire will extinguish all negative, uh, all negativity. And in this Sikha, the Rebbe is coming to point how it is important to constantly be fired up. It's not enough just occasionally. And this firing up that comes from the people below actually merits them to also get the fire of above. As we know that the uh, uh, fire that was on the Mizbeach came from above. But that fire of above only came after there was a full uh, fire and is Rusulatata from below. We'll learn the Sikh inside. Ches. Der Dosiker Wort für Magid lernt uns. This expression of the Magid teaches us, as Birdei zu verlöschen dem Loi, that in order for us to extinguish the Loi, the negativity, muss sein Eish Tomid. There must be a continuous, a constant fire. Der Ständiker Koch in Teuromitsus. You always must be uh, excited and fired up with regards to Torah Mitzvahs. As his nid ginug, it isn't sufficient was hamol that occasionally, or that afilim etein vayi or even with a while previously, that he had an excitement in the Torah Mitzvahs. This excitement needs to be continuously. Because even if you are cold, you are apathetic, even for one while, so then in that while, the negativity can uh, sort of uh, get, uh, get its way in there. But this is also the reason of that we have the command to remember what Amalek did every single day. That means, why is it every single day that we have to remember it? Because that you gotta remember all the time. Not to allow, God forbid, the kritis for Amalekun, the coldness of Amalek. Even for one instance, as it states, this constant fire should be on the Mizbeach, not to be extinguished.
So here the Rebbe tells us how important it is for the fire to be constantly in order for the fire to be effective. That the loy, the negativity, should not have a uh, access to the person. He must be fired up, and this fire needs to be continuously. And now in the next days, the Rebbe is going to explain that only after the person is fired up below, he can actually achieve and get the additional fire that comes from above. Tess. There is another aspect in this idea of the constant fire. That becomes a preparation. It prepares the way for the fire of above. As the saying of our sages of blessed memory. Although there was a fire that descended from the heavens, Yet, it's a mitzvah to bring from the ordinary people. Which means that they had to bring wood to the Mizbeach, although there was a fire that came from above, yet the people had to bring their own wood to keep the fire going um, below. This haste, which really means as that that the fire of below is a preparation and it is an arousal from below to bring down the fire of heaven what is the purpose in us bringing the fire if there's already fire but what it really means is that our fire actually brings is the preparatory uh, aspect that brings the fire from above then over when could this lower level of fire the fire that we bring from below bring cause the upper fire from the level to come down that's only when it is a complete a wholesome fire then is as then it can bring down the fire of above the Rebbe is going to bring here because that we see that in actuality that the Eishmin HaShemayim the first time around when Moshe Rabbeinu they all built the the Beis Hamikdash and the Mizbeach and everything was ready they couldn't get the fire to come down from the heavens until they were totally um, you know uh, fired up and gotten rid of all the negativities which comes from the fire below and then they merited to get the fire from above as we'll see the Rebbe says now we see this in these in, in, in today's portions which is Tzavun Shemini in the Yimei HaMiluyim in the day of uh, filling their hands in the day of preparation that they uh, were educating themselves to the service of the Messiah Mishkan when the ganze mishkan is and kelim, when the entire mishkan and its vessels, when the mizbeach and the altars and the shingiven fartik, they were all ready. So that means physically, uh, there were no, nothing missing. There was everything was in place, and as I given Moshe and also the players were there too. Moshe and Aaron, Chul and they already did the sacrifices for seven days. Nevertheless, it still did not, uh, the divine did not rest in their hands. That means the divine didn't come down yet. Uh, the fire from above didn't, didn't descend on the Mizbeach. And the reason that it didn't descend to lead them, says, is, 
because of this, that it still was left over some sort of a, um, a mark from the sin of the eagle. As Rashi explains over there, that Moshe and Aaron went into the to pray into the oil when they saw that the vine is not coming down, the fire isn't coming down, so they went in to pray, and they knew that uh, Aaron knew that it was because of his involvement with the Chaita Eagle, and eventually after their prayer and that everything was removed, so Hashem forgiven them, and then it became came uh, the fire was descended from the heavens. So during the seven days they couldn't achieve that, even though everything was in place, because there was still something left over from the sin of the eagle. But it's only on the eighth day. After the fire below has completely been finished, ready. In other words, they got rid of all the negativity. Then that extinguished the, the entire negativity. And it totally nullified the sin of the eagle. Only then, then the fire this came out from Hashem. Then the fire of above came down. And the divine rested in the act of their hands, meaning in their what they were doing in the service in the base amigdash. The fire came down. So we see that the fire of above hinges on the people completing the fire of, of below. So that's another aspect in this fire though, it's this constant fire is very important because that's the way you merit to get the fire from above. But one may ask, what's so important? Who needs the fire from above? Why, does, why is that so meaningful? So that will continue. What is such a great advantage in Eishel Maila in the fire of above? That in order to bring that down, we need to have the wholesomeness of the service from the fire below. What is this big deal about the fire from above? And the Rebbe is going to explain that no matter what, human beings, created beings, are limited in their abilities. So, and the Hashem is infinite. So it's a little, it's a totally different thing. When the fire comes from above, it comes in an infinite, le- in an infinite level. As the Rebbe says, Nivroim zaynem bagrenste. Created beings are limited. And their service, and with the aspect to which they can reach, zaynem bagrenste, they're limited. Um, the items that the people use to to do to do the service, everything else, are all limited. They don't have, in essence, an eternity, uh, an eternity because they are. Everything is uh, eventually going to uh, dissolve and not last. In order for it to have eternity, an eternal existence, then there has to be for that an extension from above specifically. Hashem, blessed, He is totally not limited. The Far Zetman, therefore, we see as Bishiva Simea Meluyim, Hukama Mishkon, uh, during the seven days of the preparation, they raised the Mishkan and they took it apart. Which means that before the age comes from Hashem, it's not lasting. It's built and it's taken apart. From the Nevroim's uh, ability, because of their ability, cannot be 
uh, a lasting. Uh, but it's only on the eighth day. Then, as is given when the divine rested, the fire came from Hashem. When the fire comes from Hashem, Erzdan at that point is Then the Mishkan was raised and it never took it apart. As is given the that was the true standing up. Kiyum had a eternal standing. So that's the. Advantage, Ishmael Milo is a different story. It gives it eternity. It's not limited, it's not temporary, it's not uh, just uh, for the time being. It has eternity. Eternity comes from Hashem. So that's the big deal. That's to get the Aish. So that what we do is has a lasting uh, effect. And with this, with this explanation, we can also understand the meaning for Shivish The idea of the seven days. Of preparation and the Yemashmini and the eighth day. So there's a significance also to the number. Seven days they were preparing. Eight, the number seven, and the number eight. Seven days there was preparation, that was the people's job. The eighth day was something they got from God, they got eternity. Because the Eshel Mile is given by Yemashmini Davke, the fire above came on the eighth day. What am I Bavus? Because it's known as Shiva Zainadimayakim, the number seven, that is the day that is evolved of the days. You have seven days of the week. So each day, this haste, that means that's the circle of the week. You start with day one, Sunday, Monday, and then you go through the week, and then you start Sunday, Monday again. That's the circle of the weeks, of the days. Ushmini, but the eighth, what's number eight? Is the Mayakim. That's beyond the circles, it stands above. Which means that it's an oil It's a light which is beyond the world. So the people can only deal and only bring about, you know, worldly. They cannot bring down beyond the world. Eternity they can't bring down. But that's the fire of above that we bring down into the world. After we are complete with our preparation, then we can bring down also the um, the higher level, the Vatetz Hashem. So now we know an additional thing. Not only is the Eish Tamid important to always remember to get rid of the negativity, but that helps us also when we get rid of the negativity, then we can merit the fire of above. What the fire of above is eternity. And that's important that everything that we do has that level of that Eishelamayim. And yet, although the person is uh, limited, we need his uh, limited uh, fire to be con- to the utmost, that he should do his fullest, and then we can get the unlimited from Hashem. Uh, this is what the Rebbe is going to talk about in this yud. Nit notwithstanding, however, Avdem was nivroim alein, and this that creations themselves cannot sunitzchis nidegnechem, they cannot on their own reach eternity. Uh, so they can't reach it, but they can bring eternity through Hashem bringing it down. From Dastvegn, nevertheless, Vigizok Friya said earlier, is Avshachas Eishelamayla, that how does the fire of above come down? That comes through the wholesomeness of the service from Eishelamata Davka, from the fire of below specifically. Thus made, which means like this. When a created being does everything that he has in his ability, Hagavdus is Bagbala, even though this is limited, but he does everything that he can. Get him the Then Hashem gives to him 
the fire of above legal of eternity. So, but yes, the person only does limited, but he does everything that he can do in his limited capacity. So once he does everything that he could, then Hashem gives him as a gift from above the Eishelamaylo. This is also hinted in the word Eishtomid, Tukat, constant. What's in Posig, which is in Posig. The idea of Tomid, of constant, really represents eternity. Because constant means forever. Ever is eternity. Even though in this simple text it means every day, uh, or constantly while the base of Mikdash Mizbech were burning. But in, on the deeper level, it means that it's always. So that means that represents the level of Bligvul. In the Bortom, it's imposed in the Pasik. Eish Tomid Tukat, the constant fire should be kindled. Tomid main Bligvul. It means limitless. Lamailam Azman. That means above time. Um, constant, something that's continuous is above time. Zman mitzad because time by definition and of itself, the Baal that is to Nevgishtaltvachalokimukbolim, since it is made up from limited pieces, every time is made up of pieces. Muzar Magbola, so it has to have a limit. There's no such thing as unlimited. And yet, uh, through his wholesomeness and his service of Eshelamata, that he is constantly doing everything that he can from below, so then you draw down the eternity which is higher than time. And even more, that this has, it also extends into time. As there is man alein vertanitzchitomit, that time itself becomes eternity. So the above eternity comes down into time, it makes it eternity. In oilam isdos, what it means in this world is as in teva, that within the nature, within time, is dod the atzlocha shelamaylimateva, that you have the success which is beyond nature. So the beyond the nature comes down into the nature. So the, the, the success and the abilities of beyond nature dress themselves up and are accomplished through the nature. So that's another thing of the Eish Tomid, that it becomes through that continuous fire, you actually get the level of eternity. So that even in the time that it is doing, even in Zman, in time, you get beyond time. And the Rebbe is going to sum it up, that the point of all this is to have that warmth and that fire in all aspects of our service to Hashem. The point of the lesson of the above mentioned. Every Jew is a sanctuary, uh, is a dwelling place for Hashem. As it states in the verse, Make for me a sanctuary and I will dwell on in it, amongst you, and not among in it, but amongst you, that Hashem dwells within every one and one of Jews. So we need to know, as Kozman has felt in the Meish, that as long as, if there is lacking in the fire, the Chamim is Vechayis, if you are lacking the warmth and that energy, that vitality. He's a Gamelan Torah, even though he's studying Torah at his Mekai Mitzvah, you fulfill mitzvahs. And he has all matters that were in the Mishkan. So you have it all. A full Kaili, full everything. We bowed at his Ober on Chais.
since he's lacking the fire or lacking the energy, the vitality, you're still missing the divine resting. The divine isn't resting by you. Business is recht. It could be uh, possible. As though by him zayin from the chayta eagle, it could be left over something, a mark from the sin of the eagle. So that's the example for that is because for the seven days, uh, without the fire coming down, you know, uh, it's the law hasn't been accomplished yet. So you have the workers and you have the people and you have the kalim, you have everything, but no, no real full complete chayis uh, to destroy all the. Parts of negativity, and there's possible to have something of the uh, remnants of the eagle. Torah mitzvahs need to be with a fervor and with vitality, with excitement. In all the three different ways, um, three aspects of Torah, the story of Torah. The service of Avoida and the love, the acts of kindness. The Rebbe is going to mention in each one of these uh, aspects in Torah and Avoida Torah. First Torah. What does it mean? How do we translate this excitement and the fire and the fervor in Torah? We should not fulfill our obligation by reading one chapter in the morning and one chapter in the evening. And to the rest of the 24-hour period, he has, he has, it has no connection. He learned in the morning, he learned at night time, and what goes on, that learning has no connection with the rest of the day. It's not allowed to be in a quiet way. And it has no connection to him. It has to be in a way that it should not cease. It must be arranged and prepared in all of his 24-8 limbs. Meaning, all of my bones uh, express and verbalize the praise of Hashem. It must be with an energy. So as far as Torah goes, meaning not to fulfill just uh, a little bit. You must bring it out in a way that all of your entire being should be involved in that study of Torah. Torah should be an excitable, should be with excitement and expression, and it should encompass your entire being. Then Avoidah, the service of Tefillah, that is the prayer. is Kava Avoidah, the prayer is the part of the Avoidah. Avoidah service literally means the service in the temple, the Karbonis. But when there is no temple, there is no Mizbeach, there is no Karbonis, then the Tfilim, the Tfilah b'makam tamidim tikkun. The prayer takes the place of the service in the temple. Dav zaynit keva shouldn't be like a permanent, which means in a set way, uh, saying the same thing over every day. No rachmim v'sachanun v'fnei makam. It must be like uh, beseeching, asking for mercy before Hashem. Mitahergish funchayis with a sense of vitality. And then finally, Gimilas Chasodim, acting kindness, mitzvahs. Generally, mitzvahs are included in the side of loving kindness. It shouldn't be done only to just do your obligation. You must fulfill mitzvahs in the perfect ways. How does one do a perfect mitzvah? It's because of the vitality that he has in observing the mitzvahs. Through this wholesomeness of the fire of below, 
Lamailo, that it brings down the fire from above. Hashchina shoyde b'teirosei v'avedosei. Then the shchina dwells within his learning and with his service. Bizoyd b'chol matzayodov. Also in all of his actions, not only in his learning and his davening, but gam b'yonav agashmi also in his physical matters. Bikizok tfriyah, as mentioned before, as vert oivgiton that he accomplishes amshachas b'ligvul ingvul to bring down the unlimited into the limited. Onoichin levusha ateva zetman. Also in the garments of nature, you see God's blessing, and success, which is beyond the nature. This is the Sichas Shabbos Parshas Sav Tovshin Yudzayim. Lekute Sichas Chelik Aleph. In the last Sich in Parshas Sav, uh, the discussion about the four portions, the special four sections in the Torah reading that we read in the weeks uh, before Purim and before Pesach. In this, this is on page 219, beginning with Ois Yud Beis. In this Sicha, the Rebbe will explain the uh, ideas and the order of why the portions were set up in the way they were set up. And there is going to be a special discussion about, a lengthy discussion about um, particularly why the portion of Parshas Pora is read before the Parshas HaChodesh. The order of the portions are, first you read the Parshas Shkolim, then you read the Parshas Zohar, then you read the Parshas Pora, and then you read the Parshas HaChodesh. And the Rebbe will give us the reasoning in the order of these portions. In Aishud Basin site, the Seder from the Dalet Parshi is the order of the four portions was Menlaint Far Pesach that was read before Pesach, is our Parshas Shkolim, and Parshas Zohar, Parshas Pora, and Parshas Achoydish. These are the four portions. In the weeks that precede Pesach, so we're calling them preceding Pesach, but in in, in reality, two of them precede Purim even, and two of them precede Pesach. But as the Rebbe is going to point out, preceding Purim also means preceding Pesach, as both of them are actually all four preceding Pesach, because the reason why Purim is set up is also that Purim is connected to Pesach, because they're both uh, redemptions. Pesach is the redemption from Egypt, and Purim is the redemption from Achashverosh, from Haman, from all the troubles they had then. So, saying that it's before Purim and saying before Pesach is really uh, the same idea. But Proteus, but the Rebbe, so the Rebbe, even though the Rebbe says there are four before Pesach, but the Proteus, in specifically, Zayin and the the two sections of Shkolim and Zohar, Farbundim and Gulas Purim, they are connected to redemption of Purim. Now, Purim was, at Purim was, as is Nachnit Kain Gula Shlema. During Purim, it's not yet a complete redemption. So the Jews were freed from the troubles that they had from the Haman and the decree of, of Achashverosh. So they were freed of that, but it's not a full redemption. As the saying in the Gemara, we still are uh, slaves to 
uh, King Achashverosh, which means we hadn't really gotten our freedom to determine our own fate because we still remain in Golos, we're still under Achashverosh. All what it means is that we were freed from the decree that Haman devised against Jewish people. So the two portions of Shkolim and Zohar come before a redemption which is not complete. When the Parshi is Poro Nachoidish and the sections of Poro Nachoidish, they come, they're connected with Geulah's Pesach, with the redemption of Pesach. And Pesach was his Geulah Shlema, which is a complete redemption. So if we want to break it up in detail, it turns out that two are connected to Purim and two are connected to Pesach. But, but when in a general way, then the Zohar, also the section of Shkolim Zohar, they're also connected to the redemption of Pesach. But Purim is forbidden with Geulah's Pesach. The reason they're connected with Pesach because the redemption of Purim itself is also connected with the redemption of Pesach. Kemaimer, as the saying goes, uh, that we bring one redemption next to the other redemption. So that means that there is an equation over here, that there is a uh, connection of the Gula Purim and the Gula of Mitzrayim, uh, and we bring them together. That's why we, the Gemara says we celebrate. Purim on the second order versus the first order so that the uh, Geula of Purim should be celebrated next to the Geula of Mitzrayim. So we see that they are connected. So if we are talking about uh, the parishes that come before the Geula of Purim, they're also, they're connected to Purim, they also in a, in a way are connected to the Geula from Pesach too. So all what the Rebbe L'Chaira wanted with this paragraph, what he taught us over here was that the statement that he brings down in the beginning, that we read four portions before Pesach, if one is to challenge that and say, well, that statement is not a accurate statement, because two of them we don't read before Pesach, two we read before Purim. So the Rebbe just explained in this paragraph how two portions that come before Purim essentially are also coming before Pesach, because Purim is connected to Pesach. And now the Rebbe is going to explain in Aishid Gimel these particulars why we read the two parshas of Shkolim and Zohar before Purim. Aishid Gimel. Parshas Shkolim Leitman Far Rishchidosh Oder. The section of Shkolim we read prior to Rishchidosh Oder. And just to add to this, that in the Shabbosim where Rosh Chodesh Adar, if it's a year where Rosh Chodesh Adar comes on Shabbos, we actually read it on the Shabbos of Rosh Chodesh. So the reason why we read Shkolim beforehand, because on the first day of the month of Adar, they would announce, they would let hear about the Shekolim, they would remind the people that they have to bring the Machasis shekel every year. Uh, people would bring the half a shekel, which they would use uh, to buy the Korbonish Sibur. They needed to buy each year from the new gifts that they brought that year. So they would uh, announce on Rosh Chodesh Oder, people had a 
whole month to bring their half a shekel because starting with Rishchidosh Nisan, the new Karbanis of Rishchidosh Nisan on, in the time of the Beis HaMikdash were already purchased those sacrifices from the Shkolim. The Karbanis of the nine year that is necessary for the sacrifices of the new year. So, therefore, we lay in Shkolim to commemorate this. Before that, we re-inlay Shkolim. Pasha Zocher Leitman Farpurim. The section of Zocher, uh, remember what a Molik has done to you, we read before Purim. Because, the, by the way, the Pasha Shkolim talks about in the initial gifts of Machzis HaShekel that they gave uh, in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu in the, in the desert. So, therefore, we lay in it because that talks about the half a shekel that he didn't give. Then we read the Parsha Zohar, we read before Purim. Zohar is remembering what a Molik did to us. But Purim is not given Mapolos Haman. Because during Purim was the downfall of Haman. Haman is a descendant of the seed of Amalek. So before we celebrate Purim, we read, we read the Parsha Zohar. So we read about the remembering what Amalek has done for us before Purim. So that this to observe what we says in his Karim Benasim. In the Megillah, we say that these days of Purim shall be remembered and they shall be done. So we say first remembered and then done. This Karim Kaidam Lenasim, first remembered and then done. So, what is the remembrance? Parsha Zohar is the Zechira. Reading the Zohar is the uh, remembering. Umpurim is the Asiya, and Purim is the doing. So we remember Amalek or Haman, who is a descendant of Amalek, what he wanted to do, that is done on the Shabbos before. And then we do Purim. So this tells us why the Parshish column is read before Rishchidosh Adar, and why Parshish Zohar is read before Purim. So that seems to be a reason uh, in the order of Shkolim and Zohar. In Oish Yudala, the Rebbe is going to say there is also a, uh, not only a uh, timeline in the chronicle, uh, chronological order of, of events that the First of all, there comes before Purim, and Shkolim is connected. The first of all, there comes before uh, the Pasha Zohar, which is connected to Purim. There is also a conceptual uh, idea that the Shkolim comes before Zohar. Yudalat. The time of Kedimah's Pasha Shkolim, the Pasha Zohar, the reason for having Pasha Shkolim read before the Pasha Zohar, is need nor it is not only because based on the times, Pashish Kolim is connected with the first day of Oder, and that's why we read it first. Which is which is the fourteenth of Oder, and therefore uh, we'll read it second. So in addition to that, not oich, but it's also mitzad zeyed inyan. It's the concept, what the shekel represents. The shekel was the reason for Haman's fall. So therefore the shekel takes place, it's through the shekel. The Gemara Zokt, 
The Gemara says, as bischus them, that in the merit of this was Eden Hogmengigem, the Machzis a shekel, that the Jews gave the half a shekel, is given Mapolos Hogmeng. That brought the downfall of Hom. He said that he was ready to take 10,000 kikrim of silver and weigh it and give it to King Achashverosh in return from, for Achashverosh allowing him to destroy all the Jews that are in his kingdom. And as the Gemara relates, Hashem said uh, that the, there is a Shkolim uh, that the Yidden have given, they proceeded, they came much before Haman's Shkolim. So that means that the merit of the Shkolim helped them to get out and it helped the Mapol of Haman. So, but that is Fashtambik. So now with this understood, the Shaykhs from the Tzvei Parshish, the connection of the two sections, and also the reason. So now we have a connection between Shkolim and Zohar. Not only Shkolim with the first day of Adar and uh, Zohar with the 14th of Adar with Purim, but also between the two parshes amongst themselves, Shkolim and Zohar. And Oyrdim Tam, we also understand now the reason Oyrdar Kedima for the uh, making first from Parsha Shkolim, Far Parsha Zohar, the section of Shkolim before Zohar. Thus was Eden of Magdim given the Shkolim, the fact that the Jews brought first the Shekel. Had gebracht the mess from Purim. That brought about the miracle of Purim. Was on which begins with remembering midakriya from Parsha Zohar with the reading from the section of Zohar. Zohar, Zohar celebrates the miracle of Purim. Uh, and the Shkolim are what brought about this miracle so we understand the order of the connection of Shkolim and Zohar and the order why Shkolim come because for Zohar because Shkolim brought about the Zohar this is the schus of the Shkolim that they were able to uh, be victorious over Haman and uh, begins with the reading of the but in the Oysters Vav, the Rebbe is going to question, but why does the Parshas Pora come before the Parshas Achodesh? In the timeline, the actual Parshas Achodesh, which was said on the first day of Nisan, came before the portion of the Pora Duma, which was said on the second day of Nisan. And yet, in the order of our reading it, we read the Parshas Pora before we read the Parshas HaChodesh. And the Rebbe is going to ask, why is that? He's going to bring down from the Yerushalmi an answer, but the Rebbe is going to question and try to understand the answer of the Yerushalmi. Let's learn inside. Purim. After the redemption of Purim, was is vigizokt, which is as mentioned, nachnit king ula shleima. It wasn't a complete redemption. Kumtmen suder geula from Pesach. Then we come to the redemption of Pesach. So the order here is also important. We start from a smaller redemption, from the redemption of Haman, and then we reach to the redemption of Pesach. Was is a geula shleima. That's a total redemption. 
on the achonot to them, and how do we prepare for that? Is parshas pora on parshas achodesh? Is the section of pora aduma and the section of parshas achodesh? But again, did say parshas with regards to these two sections, stated in Yerushalmi. It says in the Yerushalmi as beemes hot men gedarft leinen parshas achodesh far parshas pora that in truth we should have read the section of achodesh as a lochem the parshas achodesh. Before we read the section of Parah. But in Parshas, Achoydesh is Gizogivar, and the section of Achoydesh was said, Uninyona is, and also the matter, the topic of discussion in Parshas Achoydesh is Echad Menisa. That's the first day of Menisa. Torah talks about the Rabbah Rish Choydesh, the Torah talks about the, the preparation uh, from, from Rish Choydesh, but the point is that it begins, it's the topic and the discussion is there the first day of the month of Nisan. But the burning of the Poro, that's the Poro Duma, the red heifer, that they burnt and they used the blood, the water, the mixture to sprinkle on those who were defiled to Mesim, that took place, we're not talking about when it was said, but it took place, when did the Sreyfus Apora take place? Is given Besheni Benison. That was in the second day Benison. Uh, it could not have taken place, the burning of the Pora, even if the fact that it, could have, it was commanded earlier, but um, uh, but I think it's one of the eight parishes, but uh, but the the nevertheless the 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 material the, the subject matter could only take place on the second day of Nisan. Because on the first day of Nisan, the Mishkan was first raised, meaning it finally stayed on That was on the Rish Chodesh Nisan. Is given b'sheni ben Nisan, and they had to burn the same ben Nisan. Varum sreif is a parah dochnit ki ken zayin farakomas hamishkan, because it could not take place before they raised the mishkan. The Rebbe brings down this idea from the in, that you could not do it before akomas hamishkan the parah from the korban haeda. I don't have the Korban Aida in front of me to take a look at it right now, but it seems like because in the Pasik when it talks about the procedure of the Parshas Pora, the Torah talks about the Oyel Moyed, various things that needed to be by the Mishkan. And apparently that that could not take place before the eighth day when the Mishkan was finally fully erected. Although we find during the seven days of Meluyim, that there was a concept of the Mishkans. I'm not sure what the Korban which one of the Psukim, which aspects trouble him that he says that it couldn't be done. And we have to say that it was only something that could be done after the Haskomas Mishkan, which took place on uh, the Yom Rishon. That's just giving the reason, I mean, we're just talking about what is the reasoning. The fact was that it was done on the second day of Nisan. But the question is, what is the reasoning why it had to be done, what the Karbanaida says there, why it had to be done. But in any event, it was done. Uh, so, since it was done on the second day, 
and the subject matter of Rish Chodesh, of Parshas Chodesh is the first day, so why do we read Parshas Pora before Parshas Chodesh? So the Shami says, in order to leave them, because Parshas Pora is Taros and Shokol Yisrael. Because the section of Pora talks about the Tara, it provides for the purity of all of Israel. All of Israel, meaning if a person, anybody of Israel who becomes Tomei, Tomei Mace, needs to use the Paraduma, there's no other way to clean oneself. Leitman, Parshas Parafriya, so that's why we learn the section of Parah before. Because it talks about the purity of the Bnei Now, what the Rebbe is going to ask is, it seems like what the Yerushalmi is saying over here is, that in preparation for uh, the uh, Korban Pesach that was needed to be sacrificed, which the Torah discusses in the Parshus HaChodesh, in preparation for that sacrifice, the Yidden had to clean themselves, Kol Yisrael needed to clean themselves from the Tumah Mesmeis. And the only way they can clean themselves uh, from Tumah Mesmeis was by the Parshas Parah, was through the Paraduma, through the water of the Paraduma. So before they can do what is written in the Parshas HaChodesh, which is the bringing of the Korban, uh, they need to go first to be metired themselves and sprinkle the Parshas Pora. So therefore we have to have the Pora first. But, but the Rebbe's question is, let it be that before they bring the carbon on the 14th, they need to have the Pora, Aduma, but then they need the Pora. But right now we're talking about why is the Parah being read before the Parshat HaChodesh? Which HaChodesh is on the first of the month, and it deals with situations, with the uh, ideas that take place on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And then we can have the Tare, we can have the discussion uh, of the Parshat Parah uh, following that. It's still going to be before the 14th in which they require the Tara, the Paraduma. Let's look inside. So we need to understand the answer of the Yerusham. In Plug, because it, it would seem, What a connection. What kind of a connection is there? The purity of Israel that needs to take place in the Paraduma with Parsha Chodesh. almost seems that before we can do Parsha Chodesh, we need to talk about the Tarevi of the the purity. As Anders Kenish the Dinim of Parsha Chodesh, you cannot do the Parsha Chodesh without first having Paraduma, without having the Tarev. Nor Lachat Taros Shal Yisrael, only after the purifying. As Heiz Tochnit Parsha Pesach, Right now, in the portion, it talks about the Pesach, it talks about Yudalit, but we don't call it Parsha Pesach. What do we call it? Nor Parsha Zachodesh. We talk, we talk about the Chodesh, we talk about the Chodesh. That din from Kiddush Zachodesh, Baresh Chodesh. It talks about the law of Kiddush Zachodesh, Baresh That is the Parsha Zachodesh. So, for the laws of Kiddush Zachodesh, Baresh Chodesh, for that we don't need them to be taught. So why is it in 
connected. How does it connect here? That they have to be pure. You don't have to have the purity before we're talking about Kiddush Lavana. So why don't we first read the Parsha Chodesh and then read the Parsha Spada and that purity will come before the 14th when it's necessary. So basically the Rebbe is trying to understand the meaning of the Yerushalmi. Why does the Parsha's Pada come before Achodesh because it provides for the purity when the actual purity was only necessary on the 14th when they brought the Korban. And here we're proceeding it to the Parshas Achodesh, which is Achodesh, which talks about Rosh Chodesh. And the Pada was brought on the second day. Why doesn't Parshas Achodesh come before, as the Yerushalmi asks? In Oyster Zion, the Rebbe will explain that although the actual Pesach takes place on the 14th and on the 15th, the Yom Tov, the celebration, yet the purity needs to start taking place before, not only before the actual redemption, but it also has to start taking place, one's purity, one's preparation for the redemption is not for the, only for the actual redemption, it's also for the potential for the redemption. The potentiality for the redemption has already begun on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. The Rebbe will explain that already from Achodesh Hazer, from the beginning of the first day of Nisan, there was, there was a potentiality for the uh, redemption. Purity has to come in the spiritual level, the Rebbe is explaining it has to come before redemption. Let's read inside. The declaring in them is, the explanation of this is, that inya for Rosh Chodesh is Mailad Halavana. The idea of Rosh Chodesh is, Rosh Chodesh is when the uh, moon is renewed. The, the, the Levana appears again. Noch David Levana is given Behelem Behester after the Levana being hidden and blocked. It reappears and is renewed again. And this Levona is also, this is Oich Meramis, this also hints of Yidin. This is a, a hint for the Jews. They are equated to the Levona. The Yidin are equated to the Levona. Shehem Asidim Lishadish Kemoisum. As we say, that they will be renewed like the Levona. As noch the Allah Helomis Vestadim Funzman Hagolus, that after all these blockages and the interferences from the time of Golus, so the Yidden have been sort of under the uh, these different blocks and uh, disturbances, that as in Elmis Khadish they will renew again. But does it in Agula? That's the idea of redemption. Redemption means that we go out from our state of, in which we are hindered and which we are hidden and we become revealed open, we become the time of Geula. And this is like the moon when it comes out anew. That is manfun as cholas ha is rishchidosh nisan. When does redemption begin? It actually begins in the beginning of the month of Nisan. When the moon appears, was in them state. This says Hachodesh Hazelochem Reish Chodoshim that this 
this chidush, the renewal of the month that comes about, that's the beginning of the head of the month. And the Razal Darshan and also our sages of blessed memory, they expound Gzira Shove, a Gzira from them, Hazeh. The word Hazeh Vashtayd the Parshish Achaydish, which is written in the section of Achaydish. Bidem Hazeh Vashtayd by Matan Torah, with Hazeh which is written by Matan Torah, by Yoim Hazeh Bo Midbar Sinai. On this day they came to Sinai. Matan Torah is the Choyich that Inyan Hagi'ulam. So, we're not only talking about now Rosh Chodesh Nisan, we're saying that Rosh Chodesh Nisan is also connected to the Hazeh, to the giving of the Torah. There's Exeret Shava, Hazeh, Hazeh. The giving of the Torah is the concept of redemption. As our sages say, that Torah is redemption. When the Amish said that Chorus al was engraved in the Luchas, the word Chorus, says the our sages, doesn't mean Chorus al with a tzedek, that is freedom. That the Torah brings about redemption, freedom from the Yetzirah, from the evil inclination, brings freedom from the Malach from the angel of death, and brings freedom from the enslavement of the government. Torah frees a person from all these things. So we see that Torah, by definition, is a level of freedom. So now, from them was the Gemara of Arbin Parsha Chodesh Midmatan Torah. From the fact that the Gemara ties the section of Achodesh Hazel Lochem with Matan Torah through the Gzeri Shoba is verstanding, so we also understand as Oich Berish Chodesh Nisan that already on the beginning of the month of Nisan, which is Achodesh Hazel. The beginning of the month of Nisan Hazel is showing that the Inyan from Geula as Chalta the Geula. There is already conceptually there is the idea of redemption, the beginning of the redemption. So, basically what the Rebbe said in this paragraph was that uh, redemption began conceptually on the first day of Nisan, the beginning of Rosh Chodesh Nisan. The reason is because Rosh Chodesh represents physically in the world the reappearance, which is the reappearance also of the Yidin, that's redemption. So even though it's not a full-blown moon yet, it's not fully in its full capacity, but there is an appearance already. So that means that it's the beginning. It's the beginning from the bigger things that are coming. So the same thing is, also because it's connected to Matan Torah, and so the Rishchidosh Nisan is already Hazeh Hazeh connected to redemption. And this will, as the Rebbe will explain, give us an understanding why we need the Tara before Hachodesh, before redemption. According to this, we can understand them Tam, the reason of the Ragdama from Tara to Parshachodesh, why we need to introduce first, we have to proceed with purity before we do the portion of Hachodesh. The Baal, das Parshas Achodesh is Meiladalavona, since the section of Achodesh is the rebirth of the moon, the appearance of the moon, which is Aschalta, the Gula, the beginning of redemption. Darfman to them, Hobun Agdomasatara. So before we do that, we need to introduce first the Tara purity. Just as before redemption, there is a requirement 
the estate as the pasuk of Zarakta Aleichem Ayim Tahirim Utahartem. That I'm going to sprinkle on you pure water so that you will be purified before the redemption. And our sages say that the order is the purity brings to precious, etc., the precious, until, sorry, meaning the end of the until the Gemara concludes over there that it brings eventually So that means that the Tare is lead up to the Giula. And therefore, we need to have Parshas Pora Aduma, conceptually, the idea of Tare, before we do the Barshachesh. And as the Rebbe is going to say in Noisyut Zayin, that the preparation for the beginning of the Giula and its preparation, which means the Parshas Pora and Rishchidosh, those are for the potential, the beginning, the reappearance of the moon, the start, the Aschalt of the Giula. But then later on, we need the actual Tare that takes place before the Gula itself, which is uh, on the 15th of Nisan, on the time of the redemption. On the first day of Nisan, Rishchidosh was only the redemption, a beginning and a potential. The actual redemption began on the 15th of Nisan. The Then the moon was in its full. That means that the full-blown moon, a full appearance. When the Shleimus v'tachas ha'geula, and when is the wholesomeness and the ultimate of the geula is b'shas matan toyder. That took place at matan toyder. It begins, the, in, in actuality, begins on the 15th. The completion of it takes place with matan toyder. Just as before the actual redemption, you need an actual purity. I was sprinkling you pure waters. So likewise to the redemption, the potential redemption, which begins on Rosh you need a potential uh, purity. This is where the reading of the Parshas Parah comes in. The reading of the Torah is an Asinas Koyach Kiyadua. That gives a person the strength. Lainman Freer Parshas Parah. So first we read the section of Parah Vadosis Tara Bekoyach. That is the purity and the potential. Then afterwards we read Parshas Achoydesh. Verish Choydesh. Then we read Pasha Chedish and Rish which are the redemption potentially. So we have the potential purity and we have the potential redemption. And then that's the order of the purity and redemption. Parshas Pora, which is Tare Bekoyach, the potential purity. Parshas Chedish Nisan, which is the Geula Bekoyach, that's the uh, redemption potentially. Then Sheni Benison, we have Tare Bipoyel. We have the actual Tare, which is it took place takes place on the second day. So the actual thing takes place. The Tare takes place on Sheni, and Tezvov Benison, Bismatim Toyra Giula Bipoyel. Then you have the redemption in actuality. So the reading of the Torah of the Parshas Poro. The Rebbe explains here 
is the potential for the tahara that precedes the potential of the geula that takes place on Rosh and Parshas HaChodesh. And then, on the second day, we do the actual Tara, which is the Parshas, which is the actual Pora Aduma, which they brought, to bring about the Tara in actuality before the real, the Geula, in actuality, of, that began on uh, Pesach, and continues its famous on Matan Torah. What is the lesson that we must take out of this? In order to reach to the true purity, to its ultimate, we will only be able to when Mashiach comes. Only. Specifically then. Then will be the spirit of impurity I will remove from the land. So the actual removal we cannot do now. Because before the times of Mashiach, uh, there is still a level of impurity. Because when Mashiach comes, there will still be that purity, impurity, the spirit of impurity. The state the lotion in Rambam, as he says in Rambam's language, he says, as Mashiach Yaakov called Yisro, the Mashiach will have to force all Jews that as his own learned Torah becomes a mitzvah, they should study Torah and observe mitzvahs. The Balder Zokt Loshin Yaakov, since he says the language that he will force, is a riot, so it's evidence, as Nit that not everybody will agree to do it willingly. Because at that time, there will still be the pure, the spirit of impurity. So even when Mashiach comes in the beginning, it will be the spirit of impurity. Part of Mashiach's service will be, Mashiach's service will be, in order to remove that spirit of impurity from the land. So, we know that we cannot really reach the level of highest level of impurity. But because there is the world is still impure. So one can think as it's the Dafman God So now we don't do anything because we can't remove it and that's the way it is. And we'll rely totally on Mashiach. Of them is the hero from Kriyas Parshus so for this, we have the instruction of reading the section of Torah. In order to reach to the purity and to the redemption, in actuality and in its wholesomeness, so first we need to prepare ourselves. We have to do the level of purity to the extent that we are able to. To purify yourself from the main, the fathers of the fathers of Tuma. The, all the greater categories of Tuma. With the Maimar Azal, as the sages tell us, one who 
occupy themselves with the teachings, with the laws, and the, uh, the reading of the Torah of Chatos as if he brought a Chatos. And uh, we know that the Torah Aduma, Chatos Kari Rachmona, the Torah refers to it as a Korb Even though usually the Chatos refers to on a sin, and here we're talking about the Torah Aduma which is coming to cleanse, but yet we find that the Torah refers to it as a Chatos. The Paraduma. So if we study Bimela, so when we study, when we read the Parshish Paraduma, Bimela Vertan Potter, from the Ovis Vitulis Atuma. So you get rid yourself from the main categories and the descendants of the Tuma. Uh, so to a certain level that we can do it, and we accomplish it by reading the Parshish Potter. This would bring the redemption. And the purity in actuality will be Mashiach Tzidkenu Meir with the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu speed in our days Amen. So what the Rebbe is saying over here is that the Pashas Porah that tells us about the purity that takes place before the Pashas Achayidosh that means that the potential for purity that is necessary for the beginning before the actual for the potential of Geula is, a, is, is, is tell, teaching us that today, before we even have yet the Gula, we still need to prepare ourselves, to purify ourselves. Because although the ultimate purification, the Poil Mamish, the Pora Duma takes place afterwards, the actual uh, bringing the Pora Duma, and the Gula takes place afterwards. And that would be Mashiach's job to remove the actual Tuma. So it doesn't exempt us from doing our share. Because when we learn Parah Aduma, we read the Parshas Parah, we are to a certain extent at least removing the gross levels of Tumah from ourselves. And uh, eventually we will come to the time when we will actually be purified, which we will get the actual purity. And then with the coming of Mashiach to the removal of the actual uh, Tumah, uh, from the earth. This is Mesichas Parshas Achoydish Tovshin Tes Zayim.